Patreon, man, that big bet been working out well for me. Being able to hit up Dr. Kyle and his DMs, we're on a synchronized schedule. It's crazy. Every time I'm about to message him, he's about to message me. But uh, being able to bounce those ideas off of him, and then being able to reach out to Memphis. Typically, I just do it directly to the him personally instead of a DM. But man, I've grown in what five weeks of doing the sports betting, and the big bets helped. I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have, but listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, I'm um, starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting, um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went 5-2 and two on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle as soon as the opening lines came in. So uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great. Appreciate everything. What's happening, guys? Happy Saturday, and welcome to the People's PropCast, a division of the DWZ Football Network. I am your host, Memphis. You can follow along on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And if you're watching this live on Twitter, hope this catches you in enough time to get in some action today. So what are we doing today? We're going to jump into three props like we always do. We're going to do a little recap and give you something to look forward to as we get going into the weekend. So what's coming up? Just real quick, uh, Monday we will be doing a mock draft. Uh, a little rookie mock draft, I think. We'll, we'll see what's going on. We're going to keep in the spirit of mock draft Monday. And then Tuesday, we're going to take a break from the rookie five question game. And we're going to go into... New Year's resolutions from a dynasty standpoint on the Dynasty War Zone. So a lot going on. Had a huge week this week on the show. If you haven't been checking it out, make sure to check out the YouTube. You can watch along on Periscope, which this show is currently on. And you can catch us on podcast, wherever you find your podcast. So thank you for tuning in. If you're so inclined, rate and review the show. That goes a long way on any podcast platform. And subscribe. And notifications on on YouTube, and you, you won't miss pop-up shows like this. Now, normally I don't do this live on camera, but I'm doing it because we have a full Saturday slate, and two of today's props are involving the Saturday games, especially the early 1 o'clock game. And, and it's getting tougher. I'll just be real honest and candid up at the beginning. These props are getting harder and harder to get because the, the books are putting them out later and later and later. And I think they're doing that to protect themselves from people like us, people like me who will take them and take them apart and go in and uh, look for the best possible numbers. I know there's an app out there. I'm not familiar with the name, but I've heard of it where it will take all of this week's props, run it through their algorithm and tell you what are the most advantageous. So I think as the book sees this as a deterrent to such apps, because really, who bets props? The props are really there for the the casual gambler, the, the person who's like, oh, I'm a fan of Jonathan Taylor, or I'm a fan of Kyler Murray. Oh, he runs the ball a lot. 
And I, I think they're trying to hedge and not get beaten up too badly on these things. Not to put myself over too strong, but in last week alone, I was seven and one from Thursday through yesterday. They're, they're not overly complicated, but it does take research. So it's going to make this show extremely harder to do in 2021. What I may have to do is just live stream it on Sunday morning once all the props are out. I don't know how I'll work that into my schedule, but I'll certainly figure all of that out. But I, I did find three that I really like, and I've got a list of some more. going to do a recap of the, the props I've done the last couple of weeks. Last week, I liked Kirk Cousins over 21.5 completions, and then I liked him again yesterday over 20.5 completions. I, th- those were two wins for me, and I will tell you that completions, rush attempts, and sometimes receptions are the easiest three props to to hit. Now, none of them are easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But I found there's more consistency and ability to make money on the completions, the rush attempts. And a lot of times, you don't even get rush attempts in a game. Uh, I was banging those pretty good early in the season. And most games, they don't give them. I know the San Francisco and Arizona game today has some rush attempts out there. That or they're, they're taxing the hell out of it via the VIG. You know, you, you can still find some value out there. A couple other winners. Uh, last week I got lucky and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, Kiki QT on that last reception. Talk about luck as a Colts fan. He catches the ball to go over his prop of 48 and a half yards and then fumbles it. So I hit my prop. I hit the over 48 and a half and he fumbles and my favorite team wins the game. Hey, how about that? I had Raheem Mostert last week over 56 and a half rushing yards against Dallas. Kind of got lucky because he re-injured his ankle again, even though it was right. And then there are times where there are props you can totally take advantage of, but you gotta be, gotta be watching. So last Thursday, when the Chargers played the Raiders, uh, it was, came out around lunchtime, at least lunchtime where I live, around noon Eastern time, that Keenan Allen, if he played, was going to be limited. So I took that information. I went directly to the DraftKings sports app and noticed that Keenan Allen had two props. He had a yardage prop and a receptions prop. I went under on both and he had one catch for 17 yards. So when you see information like that, if you can tie that back quickly in your head to, Hey, I wonder if there's a prop bet on this, that's when you do it. And that's another reason why I think, I think the books are slowly starting to take the props back later and later as they can. I think they're willing to give up a little bit of that action to avoid the uh, getting beat up too bad by the advantage player. I had Nick Chubb over seven and a half receptions, and my only loss last week was Robert Tanyan. Now, this is the fun thing about betting props. And, and first of all, you don't have to bet a million dollars on props or a hundred dollars or whatever. Uh, I tend to do props around 10 bucks. Uh, if I, I have one that I love, uh, the biggest one that I bet this year, I bet 50 bucks on Baker, as crazy as that is to say. Never been Baker's biggest fan, but that game against Tennessee, his number was like 227, and it was a smash over, and that was my biggest prop bet of the year. So you can still find value in these props. You just have to look for it. Be be uh, be on the ball. Like, I, like last week, the minute that Zeke was listed out of the Cowboys game, I went to go bet on Tony Pollard's number, thinking it would still be low, and it was gone. I've been looking for an Aaron Jones prop. It looks like uh, Jamal Williams is not going to play this week. There are no props. So if you see news and information that you think could affect these player props, 
go to them immediately because the books will adjust. Usually from the minute the, the news breaks, you've probably got 15 minutes, give or take. Uh, happy hunting out there. Let's get into the three that I like and make sure you stick around when I'm done. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching live on Periscope, how you doing? Happy day after Christmas. Hope this brings you some joy while you're waiting in line to return your Christmas gimmicks. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you stick around afterwards and hear uh, my boys talk about the most reliable injury report. That's the MRI podcast with Maddie Big Chest and Dr. Kyle. A little bit of a uh, little bit of news and information going into the weekend. Might be a little flex cast action in there as well. So my first prop, and it's actually kind of two. I don't like betting two overs on the same p- player, especially a running back, because of the injury risk. But I'm actually going to skip that one. I'm going to come back to that one. I'm actually going to go with my Matt Stafford prop. 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon, if you're watching live on Periscope, you got about 95 minutes to get this bet in. Uh, I know they've got it at mybookie.ag, promo code DWZ Memphis. if you're heading over there. I had to get it on DraftKings because that was the first place to have it up. 23 and a half completions. It, it feels like a lot. But it, it's really not. And, and here's some of my, uh, my, my stats and my, my handicap. So Tampa Bay has given up the second most completions on the season. They've given up 375 total completions on the year, or that's about 27 a game. 26.7 to be specific. Now the under-over in this game, the total, is 54 points. Second highest on the board. Well, in my mind, how are you going to score that many points if you're not throwing the ball? Uh, a higher rushing volume does not lead to a lot of points. So he's going to have to throw the ball. This game's in, indoors in Detroit. It's not out in the cold. It's not in Florida where you could get rain or wind or the weather. Perfect conditions indoor. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are the toughest, the toughest rush defense in the league, giving up only 788 total yards rushing on the season. Um, how do you move the ball on Tampa Bay? Think of that Jared Goff game where Jared Goff and the Rams came to Tampa Bay and Jared Goff had 39 completions. That, that's how you move the ball on Tampa Bay. Why run into the strength of that defense, which is their rush defense? And last, Matt, Matthew Stafford has had 20-plus receptions this year in 11 of 14 games, and he's had 24, which is what it will take to win this prop. He's had 24 in 7 of 14. So let's look at some of the, the opponents Tampa Bay has played. Tampa Bay has given up 34 to Matt Ryan, 24 to Kirk Cousins, 37 to Mahomes, 39 to Goff, 18 to Teddy B in the first game, 33 to Teddy B in the in the second game they played. Uh, Breeze had 26 in game two, 18 in game one. Daniel Jones had 25. Derek Carr had 24. Aaron Rodgers in his worst game of the season had 16. Nick Foles had 30. The Broncos quarterback combination of uh, Driscoll and Rippon had 25. So not hard to see why I think this game for Matthew Stafford goes over 23 and a half receptions. All right, and this next one is a correlated prop with the Matthew Stafford over 23 and a half, and that's DeAndre Swift over three and a half receptions. All of these bets that I've mentioned so far are lay a dollar twelve on the DraftKings sportsbook. So DeAndre Swift over three and a half receptions. And part of the reason why I like it is that Tampa Bay, I just talked about all the completions they've given up. Tampa Bay has given up 90 receptions to the running back position this year. That's an average of 6.5 
receptions to the running back position per game. Again, I'll go back to the over-under and the Tampa Bay defense being extremely strong against the run. That's why I didn't... Initially, I liked his uh, rushing props. He has 12.5 rush attempts under over and 45.5 yards under over. My fear is I don't know how much uh, Adrian Peterson's going to be involved, so I didn't love those. If you want to go to a third correlated prop with the Matthew... Stafford and DeAndre Swift reception and completion props. You could go DeAndre Swift over 24 and a half receiving yards. Just a couple of other things. Uh, Tampa Bay has given up a league low uh, rushing yards again, 788 yards. Swift, the last two games, has led the Detroit running backs in snap share. He had 36 two weeks ago, which was 53% the most on the team. Last week, 65% snap share. Uh, 42 total snaps. He's had four receptions two games in a row. He's had three receptions in 10 of 11 games this year, and he's had four or more receptions in six of 11 games. You, you add all that up, you see why I like these two props over. I don't think I would touch his running back. It, if you could parlay him, I guess you could. Again, when we take overs as betters, we run the risk of injury. Uh, he's had a concussion. Uh, Running back is the most, I don't say the most, but it's a dangerous position to have a lot of equity in from a betting standpoint. So I like betting one on these. And then I have another running back prop. My last one before I get you to Maddie and Dr. Kyle for the MRI. Jonathan Taylor, over 53.5 rush yards, lay $1.12 on DraftKings. So why do I like this? Well, Pittsburgh is eighth. You're probably going to say Memphis isn't Pittsburgh good against the rush, and they they are. They're eighth in the league in rushing yards allowed. But over their last eight games, or roughly after they lost Devin Bush in week six, and their last eight games played, they've given up 152, 104, 45, and 45 was the game against Washington where Antonio Gibson got hurt early in the game. And then they give up 129, 73, 139, 144, and 265. The the sub-100 yard games again was Jacksonville, which is a bad team, and Washington, which is a winning team, but but yet still a bad team. Uh, And I was just talking about snap share with DeAndre Swift. Jonathan Taylor, over his last four games, has led Indy in snap share. He's had snap counts of 47, 33, 34, and 38 in the last four And in his last four games, he's averaged 18 rush attempts at 5.8 yards per carry. I I like this one. I I don't love his receiving yardage. I I did look at his receiving uh, total receptions. It's two and a half, and over his last four games, he's had four, three, two, and four. So he cashes that number in three of the last four games. My, My fear and the reason why I didn't make the Jonathan Taylor receptions prop an official bet is because Pittsburgh has given up the fewest amount of receptions to the running back position on the season. They've given up 46. It's just a a hair over three and a half a game, and it would mean that Jonathan Taylor would have to get all of that average. We know Naheem Hines is going to be in the mix as it relates to receptions. Uh, I don't hit you with a couple others. Again, I've given you two on Saturday, uh, one on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Some other ones that I'm looking at, I'm looking at, uh, Josh Jacobs, Saturday evening, 17 and a half rush attempts. I feel like this is a very low scoring game. I've bet the under in the Raiders and Dolphins game. So this correlates to that. 
if I like the under, I, I kind of feel more rushing attempts, especially if Derek Carr is limited. I like my man Mitch, my man Mitch, playing for his career in Jacksonville, 232 and a half yards. Uh, I like that over. And then 16 and a half rushing yards. Mitch rushed the ball eight times last week. It's good to see them getting him more involved. So I'll be looking at that. Uh, and then Big Ben, passing yardage total 272 and a half passing yards. Man, he has looked like a shot fighter. The Colts defense is not what it was early in the season. It's, it's going to be rough. I, I like that game under as well. Now, I've not bet that. But that is something that I would certainly look at. And then Andy Dalton has a passing yardage total of around 245. The entire, it feels like the entire secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles is hurt or out right now. So we just saw them give up almost 400 yards passing to Kyler Murray. So I think Andy Dalton gets it done. He's more comfortable, great weapons. Another prop that I'm I'm, I'm looking at was uh, Mr. Dalton. So those are some to keep in the back of your mind. I'm going to get these two Saturday ones in, and then I'll fire in some more. But make sure you're following me on Twitter because I, I put out a lot more of these on Twitter. It's just more convenient. It's not always easy to jump behind the microphone. If you listened to last week's show, uh, I did it from the from the cab of my truck uh, as I was at work on lunch. So I, I'm doing my best to get these for you. I will continue to do this all the way through the Super Bowl as long as I can find props that I like that we can take advantage of and make money. And if you're looking to spend some of that money, you can check us out if you're watching live on Periscope, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, or you can go to Viridian Global and pick up some DWZ merch, maybe a TJ Hockamania shirt over there at Viridian Global. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go enjoy my Saturday of football. I got to go hit the weights before I watch the football. So on behalf of the whole crew here at the DWZ Football Network, make sure you guys are tuned in, man. We're going to be hitting three to four shows a week in the off season with a goal of seven days a week next in season, including a live Sunday show. So just make sure you subscribe wherever you're checking us out. And if you're checking us out on Twitter, thank you and go subscribe on YouTube or the podcast. But until then, enjoy the MRI. Enjoy a full day of Saturday football. Enjoy a full day of Sunday football. I'll be around if you need anything at DWZ Memphis and we'll talk soon. And remember, money won is twice as sweet money earned we'll see you next week take care guys i broke my back what do you mean by that you my broke back, back is broken what a, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion spinal What's going on, everyone? It is Maddie Big Chest, the DWZ here with Dr. Kyle, board certified PT. How are you doing, Kyle? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Boxing Day. Happy holidays. Happy Merry almost the end of 20 fucking 20. Um, and I got my, my Disney Animal Kingdom mug here. Yeah. Yes, just crushing coffee all day long today because I don't care if I sleep. I'm on vacation already. I'm not working today. I'm not working tomorrow. I'm not working Saturday. I'm not working Sunday. Me neither. But that's because I'm unemployed. Woo! Uh, I got my Christmas drink here today. Usually I have a squirt in my hand, but today I've got a Coca-Cola because, you know, Santa Claus only drinks Coca-Cola with his cookies, as we know. Um, it's too bad. We, we got to figure out how to use some, uh, 
uh, some sort of Photoshop and you, you hold that up and all of a sudden like an animated polar bear comes by and just takes it like the polar bear Coca-Cola commercials that they've been doing on Christmas for years. I think Coca-Cola would pay me if I was able to do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're here with the MRI update. It's your MRI report. You know, we are here to help you win your championship games. We don't want you to have any injured players in your lineup. We don't want you to play anyone who's not going to be playing because of injury. We don't want you to be playing Deontay. Jo- I mean, I wasn't going to say Deontay Johnson, but uh, the dropsies are there for him, but he's not injured. He's good. Um, but yeah, for injury updates, we're here for you guys. We're here to support your team. And uh, Dr. Kyle's going to give you a little rundown. So I'm going to ask him some questions and he's going to throw his response. We're starting with running backs. And uh, is Ezekiel Elliott playing this week? That's a good question, Maddie. Um, you know, he was trending toward playing last week, and even McCarthy said he somehow – I think he said he was surprised that he couldn't go uh, game time. And then all of a sudden it was Pollard. Pollard just carried the workload. Um, and Pollard probably got some people into the ship, won some DFS cash for folks because he had a couple touchdowns, I believe. Um, so I think, I think it could be, we're going to have to look until Thursday, probably Friday. Today is Thursday. Oh my God. Uh, the Friday injury report will be the, the, the final tell probably for us. Hopefully he's not a game time decision. Um, that, that Cowboys game, I believe is a four four thirty start. Hopefully you have Pollard rostered if you have Zeke rostered and then you could just do either or, but it's amazing how I think Pollard, Pollard, if Zeke doesn't go, feels like a lock. But if Zeke does go, I almost feel like if you have a better option, you should roll with him. Exactly. You know, it's funny. They're paying this man $100 million, and this man's getting 800 k a year, and he looks better than Zeke. And uh, I don't His know if it's because – contract until 2027. I saw yeah. That. How crazy I, is that? For a running back, why? But um, – and how? I mean, it doesn't matter because all, all contracts really are only two to three years ultimately, but mm-hmm. still – Yeah, I mean, he gets to say that he has a mega deal, but it's not guaranteed fully. Um, So we talked about Zeke. If Zeke suits up, sitting Pollard is probably the right move, like you said. But obviously, if Zeke suffers a setback and doesn't play, Pollard can be trusted, like you said. Uh, That's that's the big takeaway from this. Like, that's all you got to know. Zeke cannot be trusted, but Pollard can. It's kind of a flip-flop and weird. But um, let's move on to another team in that division. Is Antonio Gibson playing this week? That's a that's an interesting one. I thought with uh, the turf toe a few weeks ago that he would uh, probably be done for the fantasy football playoffs. Um, and here he is. He I think he logged a full practice today. You know, it's and yesterday the, oh, too, I believe. Yeah, and yesterday. So I think he'll go. Um, I think Washington right now they are playing for a playoff spot. They need this game uh, so that they don't necessarily need the next one. I think that's how it'll work. In that division, if Washington wins one of two, they're automatically in with the tiebreakers. Um, I'll have to double back on that. Maybe if they win one of two, the Giants win out the Giants. But I think Giants in Washington, no, they they don't play. I don't know. Whatever it is, Washington, because they they basically gave Haskins like a freebie on his, oh, my God. Like, I don't even want to get into that, but the dude was in a strip club or around strippers without a mask. He had to pay them to wear his jersey. Let's just say that, first of all. There's no way those strippers are wearing his jersey without getting paid. Yeah, it's it just ridiculous. Co- Coach is a cancer survivor, and here he is. Already looks like he's already looked like a bonehead for the organization in the past, and here he is, and he's starting again in a position where he shouldn't have been. But injuries to Smith 
and Allen, and all of a sudden he's got a chance to be the hero to, to make the playoffs, and he just Fs it up. And they don't do anything other than slap him on the wrist with a fine. So I think that points to Washington is all in on making the playoffs. So I think we'll see Gibson play. And the Carolina Panthers defense is uh, nothing to write home about. So it's a good matchup. So if you got him, mm-hmm. especially with the upside, if, you know, I think the only scenario you sit him is if you have a stacked roster and maybe you're playing against a guy who doesn't really have a right to be in the championship and, and you're a huge favorite and maybe you want to play with a little bit of a safer lineup, you don't start them. But otherwise, I think Gibson's in your lineup. And you know who I love more than Antonio Gibson besides DeAndre Swift? Who? Our sponsor, Viridian Global. Viridian Global makes some of the top-notch apparel for fantasy football. You can get any shirt you want with any player. They got a King Henry design that's awesome. They got a Lamar Jackson Konami code shirt. If you go over there and you use code MBC2020 on the Viridian Wear collection, you can save 15% on your first order. Uh, go buy yourself some stuff with that Christmas cash you're about to get. Uh, you know, it's it's good quality. It's, uh, it's a tight fit, athletic fit shirt. It fits really well to me because I am obtuse. So, you know, if it's it, it makes me look skinny. So I like it. Uh, this is my Hawkamania shirt right here from the uh, Viridian Wear uh, Dynasty Warzone collection. Really love this one. I wear it almost every day, uh, but I wash it. I swear. Don't worry. Um, but, yeah, go get some uh, go get some merch from Viridian Global. They are a great company and I love what Will's doing over there. You know, so let's move on to the next running back after uh, Antonio Gibson. We have is James Robinson playing. James Robinson. So the the injury report states that Robinson will be rested all week, but Marone expects him to play Sunday, which is just baffling because he's a high ankle too, and it looked like a classic high ankle sprain mechanism. And there, I, I'm pretty like it was, you know, uh, eversion sprain, toe in the ground, and his his ankle bowed, um, and like there are bodies on top of him. Maybe he's superhuman. Maybe it. His toe didn't quite get stuck in the turf like often does. Um, I I don't know if I trust the coach on this one. Like, what is Jacksonville playing for right now? They're playing for Trevor Lawrence. They um, have to obviously. lose. I mean, they, they had an interesting discussion on uh, the Dream Preview today about, okay, the organization itself is would you know behoove themselves to not end up with Trevor Lawrence. But all the guys on the team, like a lot of them are probably just playing for future contracts. Or, you know, they're not playing for a Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence three years from now. Um, so why, you know, why would they not play? So it's it's an interesting conundrum. Um, but, you know, it like, so James Robinson, this was my thought, and it probably doesn't hold a lot of water, but it's just something to think about. Like Gardner Minshew looked pretty good last year. And, you know, because of the Jacksonville Jaguars situation this year, he's probably going to lose his starting job. But here's a guy who in week one threw 19 for 20, and upset the Colts and had a decent couple of games after that. And then it turns out he was playing through a broken thumb or an injured thumb or a broken finger um, and did not tell anybody. That's sort of what you have to do when you are a low draft capital individual. Your job is much more replaceable. Maybe James Robinson is like, he's had an incredible, incredible rookie season, but as a undrafted free agent or a fifth round pick or something like that, you know, he, he maybe he knows he's in one of the most dispensable positions on offense. Uh, maybe he knows that because of his draft capital, he's got no guaranteed money uh, and he needs to, 
you know, continue to play to show his worth to the team. So just interesting things to think about. I, I think you should have a backup plan. Um, you know, I think this is a one o'clock game, so you'll know. Um, but the injury reports are not going to tell us anything before then, unless all of a sudden they decide that he's going to be out. But I don't know how you could declare not practicing all week and going to play Sunday in that change before Sunday. Um, so have a backup plan. I definitely agree with you. James Robinson's a guy that I was trying to trade for. Thank you for that uh, reminder, by the way. Uh, James Robinson's definitely a guy I was trying to trade for this uh, past week, but now he's someone that I'm shying away from in my championship runs because obviously he's probably not going to be playing. Um, but he's a tough SOB, so you never know. Um, but you know, let's go to another tough SOB. This is a guy who is a survivor, man. Is James Conner playing? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, he logged the full practice today, correct? I believe so. Double check on that. James Conner was back at practice. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, you know, we've seen very little Anthony McFarland at this point. And I think Benny Snell's been okay, but, you know, this is a team fighting, like, they, the Steelers have lost three in a row. They, uh, they don't look – they look like a shell of what they were in the first half of the season. They're tired. They're banged up on defense. Big Ben is getting no protection up front. Uh, I think I think James Conner is a go only because there's there's some reliability there. There's probably, you know, better pass protection for Big Ben, which he'll need, um, easier to dump off. I, you know, I, I don't love him as a start. Maybe he's a, a desperation flex, but I, I have to think that if you're in the championship this week, you haven't relied on James Conner at – any point this year, um, and hopefully you don't have to now. But he, I would say all signs point to him playing this week in some capacity. But this Colts defense, you know, perhaps overrated at times, but has gotten healthier. Buckner's back. Leonard's back. Um, the offense is putting up points. This game is uh, my fabulous big bet. So go give a listen there if you want a little bit more insight, uh, insight as to what's going on in this game. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll see James Conner this week. I really hope so. Uh, I know that he's a, a guy that people are relying on because he's someone that they probably bought for cheap uh, in their playoff run because people are selling him for pretty cheap. Uh, but, you know, James Conner, he's he's a guy who's I have a lot of respect for. He's out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's a native from Pittsburgh. He's a cancer survivor. And, you know, I hope he gets healthy and is able to play and able to help you win your cha- uh, championship games. Um, next, guys, one one of the guys that I really love is Damian Harris playing. That's a good question. Uh I mean, he was he, he was close to playing last week and then didn't, and it was Sony Michelle's week. Now the Patriots are officially out of the playoffs, but something tells me. And here's what stinks. So it's a uh, you know Buffalo and New, Buffalo is at New England on Monday night this week, right? Um, mm-hmm. Uncle Bill, you know, I don't think he's one to to lay down, especially in a divisional game. I still think this is the Buffalo. I think this is still the Bills uh, to take. I think they're probably going to try and make a statement in New England. You know, New England is a bit formidable at home, but the Bills play in a very similar climate in Buffalo. Um, so I, I just – I mean, uh, if Harris plays, what will his role be in that offense? Uh, you know, I think Buffalo will be most likely playing from ahead most of the game. And, you know, what, what's what's Damian Harris's involvement in the, the passing game this year? He's he's in there, but it's James White's job. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, 
Les, I have to agree Les, with he you. Played, was against the Rams. He, he had 11 rushes for 50 yards, like mm-hmm. negative game script. Let's look at some of the negative game script against Houston, 11, uh, 11 for 43. He had a touchdown that saved his fantasy day. It's, I, I think he's very game script dependent. Um, he did have 16, uh, 16 for a 102 the last time they played Buffalo, but that was a much closer game. So, uh, but on the season, he's only got, he's got, you know, less than 10 targets, so five receptions. Uh, I just don't see this being, a, uh, I don't know. I'm just down on this Patriots offense. I'm down on this Patriots team. The Bills are Aren't we all? flying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you don't, don't have to be, don't be in a position where you depend on Damian Harris this week, whether he goes or not. Yeah, so if Harris can't play, Sony Michelle will be the lead back with James White and, you know, maybe a little J.J. Taylor sprinkled in there. But, you know, Michelle would be the only fantasy viable option, though White could draw some some consideration in a, as a low-end flex in a PPR league. So I would look to play Sony Michelle if Damian Harris doesn't play because he's going to get the carries because Cam Newton cannot throw the ball downfield. Um but let's move on to the next running back because the New England Patriots are are due to this year. Um, not very good. Eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, here's a, here's just a random question for you. Would Would you rather be the GM right now? I know that Bill Belichick's the GM, but would you rather be the GM of the Patriots situation or the Lions situation? Because hmm. the Lions have a quarterback. I, I think at least. I'd have to see. Well, yeah, but I think I'd want to see. Uh, what the overall draft capital value for the next two years would be. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. more, more pick value the next two years. Like, like Houston, Houston, like, yeah, you, you get to walk into Houston, you have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Uh, but what picks do you have the next two years? You got Larry Mutunzel though. That's yeah, cool. I mean, that's like, that's the, I hope they get a GM with some experience there who, who can find some, okay, here's the guys we need to flip to get some picks and get some maybe uh, upcoming, up and coming talent. Um, uh, you know, similar to what we do in dynasty, I think where, yeah. you, you know, move, moving some of those older veterans who still have some value. Uh, I mean, I don't even get, I don't really like, have many though. Well, what's crazy. So here's what's crazy. What they already did this season, or should I rephrase that? Didn't do the Texans. Will Fuller is in a contract year. He's walking as a free agent. And they didn't get anything for him. Nothing. Nothing. They, won't, they won't even get a comp pick till next year. Nothing. It won't be this year. People think comp picks are like, oh, they'll get a third. That's not this year. That's next year because they're all calculated the year for the next following year. Um, so I think it's just crazy that Will Fuller wasn't traded to the Green Bay Packs. Um, but, yeah. you know, I think that uh, the – I think I'd want Texans, the Lions GM position more than the, the, than the Patriots and probably Lions position more than the mm-hmm. – uh, the Texans. I think the sexiest appealing GM position is Jacksonville if they lose out. Because yeah. not only do they have the 101, they also would have another first for this year. And then they have DJ Chark, they have LaVisca Chenault, and they have Colin Johnson who's starting to come on strong. They got three pretty good wide receivers. They got a tight end they drafted in Josh Oliver who will be back. And, uh, you know, I think that they have a decent defense and a decent enough defense to add pieces and be able to put a defense together. So yeah, I think, so. I think I mean, we might be really ridiculous. Defense, defense and Josh Allen was their first round pick last year. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's saying, oh, the Houston Texans should draft Jamar Chase. And I'm like, in what world are they going to get Jamar Chase? Unless Jamar Chase is caught smoking out of a, a gas mask, you know, he's not going to fall to the third. So was that, wait, was that? 
Was that Laramie, Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, it he's, was. A, he's a Texan. That's the best yes. <laughs> So we're going on to the next guy. He's a Dolphin. He's in the same division as Damian Harris. Is Miles Gaskin playing this week? Yeah, Gaskin's back, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins are running the ball well. Uh, Flores, I love what Flores is doing with that team. He's limiting mistakes. You know, he's he's keeping the ball on the ground. They're playing strong defense. So I think Gaskin's a guy that you're going to want to go with. Definitely, definitely. I think uh, I think that he's a good start because, you know, when he plays, he gets over 20 carries usually. Uh, they don't really trust Tua to throw the ball as much as they'd like. They they kind of limit him because he's not learned the playbook as well. Tua and with uh... – with, with, with Parker and Gesicki, still question marks. I know we'll get to them at some point, but maybe we just hop to them right now. I think Right uh, next, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not going to know much about Parker and Gesicki until later in the week. And I think uh, I think it's hard for Flores and Tennessee owners to trust Tua. Though Tua, uh, what, what did he do this week? He had, he had two rushing a rushing touchdown or two? He had two uh, rushing touchdowns. Oh, ayo. Cheesy jokes for y'all. I got my my uh, stash, so I got to be a little cheesy. He's not he's not Konami code, but I mean, the last three games he got three attempts for three yards, six for twenty four, three for nine. Yeah. I mean, you know who is Konami code though? Who? Jalen Hurts. Jalen oh, Hurts yeah. is running a he's running a preseason offense, and he's he beat the Saints with a preseason offense. Yeah, trap game for the Saints. It was such a trap game. And the Cardinals almost had a trap game, too, to the Eagles. Um, but they were able to pull it off in the end. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is running stick outs, and he's running quick outs. And, he, like, these are plays that you don't see many teams run often. But they're running them so often because Jalen Hurts doesn't have a grasp of the playbook yet because of the limited offseason. Watch him bloom his second. Oh, no. No? Not unless they end up with a different coach. Doug Peterson couldn't even – Hurts' first game, look, Hurts' first game, they, they only asked him to throw the ball 30 times. They keep the ball on the ground. They get Miles Sanders involved. And they beat the Saints a week, a fucking week later. They are plus three in the turnover column. And they, again, second, going back to, like, what they couldn't do with Carson Wentz is Miles Sanders had five touches in do you, the second Do you half. remember when Carson Wentz could use his legs, though? What would you say? Do you remember when Carson Wentz was able to use his legs? This year, he's he's been a little beaten up, but like when he was uh, in his uh, MVP season, he was running the ball, he was being aggressive, and then he, uh, you know, got hurt. But you know, this year he's just been rough. He's been holding on the ball too long. He's been taking sacks. He's not able to move up in the pocket. It's been rough for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz needs an offensive line. He needs Frank Wright back. Um, I just want to know, like, why do people think that the the Eagles are all of a sudden going to be able to develop hurts when they they un when they mismanaged Wentz this season? No, I don't think that I don't think that uh, Peterson's going to be back. That's the thing. I hope not. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I hope he sticks around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I really I don't think everybody else in the NFC East should hope. You know, all of a sudden, like, okay, Joe Judge is looking pretty good. Ron Rivera's done done well. McCarthy, I think, will do better in a second season. Um, but Doug Peterson is the worst coach in that division. And if the Eagles don't By change far. that, I, I think uh, Hurts, I mean, how many times can you let somebody run the ball? I don't know. I, I think, it, to me, it smells like he's definitely – a better quarterback than T- Tim Tebow was, especially as a prospect. But mm-hmm. to me, it smells a lot like uh, the Tim Tebow situation where he's got, you know, the the fear of the unknown end of the season, little tape, team rallies behind him. Um, he's going to be able to run the ball. But 
how many how many sacks did he take the other day? He took just, six. And it, yeah, like I don't know. In in uh-huh. key situations, they were like marching uh-huh. in a red zone. And I, I look, you know, I didn't watch the game, but I saw the the play by play on the, you know NFL.com, and it was like sack sack. I'm like. This is not helping me cover my big bet. That, that's why I was watching so much. I thought mm-hmm. the Eagles would cover six and a half. You know, a little bit of a bad beat with, like, Doug Peterson. Like, why the fuck was he going for two when he went for two at that one point? It was like the first half or it was like the second or third quarter. Just still a lot to figure out. Um, I don't know. I just, like, Hurts, you, you, whatever you, like, he, you're playing him this season. And then if oh, yeah. if I'm a Hurts owner in fantasy football in a super flex dynasty, like, I'm moving Hurts in the offseason, hands down. I think his his value is going to be so inflated for what his long-term value can be. Look at, like, Lamar Jackson was, the you know, such a stud a year ago, and he's now – he was, like, the fifth – what was he, the four, fifth or sixth quarterback in our super flex, you know, startup mock the other night? Well, he also can't hit a wide receiver – that's outside the rails, a.k.a. the hash marks. So, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't have the quite the arm that Jalen Hurts does, the accuracy, I mean, isn't yeah. that? And, you know, Lamar Jackson went the 31st pick in the first round, and Jalen Hurts was like a top second-round pick. So there's, there's a lot to like about Jalen Hurts. There's a lot to not like about Jalen Hurts. So he is a big question mark. But I think that if he has the right coach in there, if they bring in someone like a Joe Brady, you know, that's that's a sexy upside appeal there. And, you know, we didn't like Lamar Jackson going into year two. We didn't like Kyler Murray as much. Go, I mean, we all like Kyler Murray going into year <laughs> two. I, I have to digress there. But we didn't like Josh Allen that much going into year two. But now we love Josh Allen. Um, so it, it's a little tricky. You have to be trepidatious, as Memphis would say. When trading for Jalen Hurts, if you have Jalen Hurts, you might want to keep him. I have a league where I found Jalen Hurts on my taxi, and I'll have Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, and Jalen Hurts, and Taysom mm-hmm. Hill. All late-round picks for the most part after Dak. So, you know, it's it's pretty nice to see like a quarterback room come together with Jalen Hurts if you had him, if you drafted him late in a startup. That was great. But, you know, to sell him now, it feels like, He's he's skyrocketed in value, so it makes sense to sell him now. But in the off season, hold him because his value is only going to drop. Yeah. So that's just my aspect from it from a dynasty standpoint. Um, because once the season starts again, and if he's the starter, his value is going to go right back up. So it's it's going to be tricky because he's a rushing quarterback. Rushing quarterbacks score you points in a four point per passing touchdown league. He'll get you six points for a touchdown because he's going to be doing the quarterback power, quarterback draws from that. Doug Peterson has him. He put him in an isolation zone uh, play against the the Saints where he uh, had a safety in a one on one and he just ran the safety right over. But how many takes? How many of those hits can he take realistically? Is what we should be asking as an injury show. So you have a point there. Doug Peterson has to go. Doug Peterson not the answer, but let's let's move on to our next Miami player, Devontae Parker. Devontae, uh, yeah, Devontae and Gesicki, I think, are in uh, a similar boat. They were both uh, they both were question marks or questionable towards the end of the week last week. I think Gesicki was a game time decision. Parker, Parker, that might have been ruled out before Sunday. Um, so I think uh, I think they both have a shot to go this week. 
you know, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if we could get one of the two back for uh, Tua. You know, he's developed. I mean, I would prefer Kasiki. I got Kasiki in a lot of dynasty spots. Not that I'm playing for much. Ah, I'll take that back. In one league, my twelve fifty buy-in. Whew, playing for the one hundred one FFPC. They do uh, to to win the one hundred win. You have to win the consolation bracket. So my team very much underperformed. Oh, and thirteen, like just mm-hmm. in injury riddled team, like. Uh, you know, AJ Brown, DJ Charter couldn't get off the injury report early in the season. Then Drew Locke, Jimmy G. Um, it was just been rough for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of us and Saquon Barkley was my my first pick. Uh, Three Cohen, like just just injury riddled. But all of a sudden, my team. So I own thirteen. So I get the consolation buy. So I'm guaranteed the top four pick. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the, the they do an interesting thing in the playoffs where the. Uh, in weeks 15 and 16, the highest scoring team combined for those two weeks wins the championship. And also that they do the same thing in the consolation bracket. And I actually had the highest scoring week last week because my team's healthy again. Jonathan Taylor is ripping. AJ Brown's been dialed in. Um, and if, uh, if Gesicki comes back, well, it doesn't matter. I, Gesicki and Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, whew. I mean, when I traded Carson Wentz, I traded Carson Wentz and Darrell Henderson. Or no, I traded Hawk and Darrell Henderson in that league in like week six or seven. Like Hawk was doing well. Wentz was clearly a buy at that point. You know, he's still a buy right now, but you can mm-hmm. get him cheaper than I did. And it was uh and I got Wentz and Logan Thomas. And I was like, Yeah, why not Logan Thomas? I'll kick the tires on him. I, I remember uh JJ Zacharyson being like Logan Thomas has all the makings to be this year's Darren Waller. Um, in this was in the preseason. So his name has been on my radar and I'm like, yeah, let's see, you know? And so, so the, the trade felt like Wentz for Hawk straight up. Like, I don't know how relevant Henderson is in that offense with Cam Akers breaking out. We'll get to him. Um, so it's, it felt like a good chance to just get rid of a running back that was only going to be useful potentially on a contender. And again, mm-hmm. he might be useful this weekend because Akers is out, but all of a sudden Logan Thomas is like, uh, a centerpiece of that Washington offense. They got, you know, McLaurin, Thomas, and Gibson. Like, you know, if – I don't know. I don't, who's the quarterback in Washington next year? Do they draft somebody? Do they trade for somebody? Or do they make Haskins or Alex Smith work long-term? Um, so, uh, you know, Logan Thomas and Mike Kosicki feel like good young tight ends to uh, to have in a, a you know, one-and-a-half-point tight end premium. Yeah, you know, if Washington makes the playoffs, they're kind of SOL for a quarterback unless they want to go Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. Right. Um, but, you know, I could see Mac Jones going to that offense and doing well because we see Alex Smith, a similar quarterback, not mobile because he's, you know, he's still a little bit mobile, but he used to be a lot more mobile than he was, and he's doing yeah. a lot more checkdowns. Yeah. Mac Jones has a nice arm. He's uh, he's good, probably going to be available at their pick, and, you know, he's a good he's a good quarterback. If they can get Mac Jones, I would like it. Um, you know, I think that that landing spot would be great if they're picking around 19. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking about quarterbacks, is Derek Carr playing? Ooh, I mean, so if I was watching the game and, uh, uh, last Thursday that is and watching him, you know, take off, like, excuse me, it was, uh, it was a very benign play. Uh, of course, like it was soft tissue injury. His, I think his right adductor, his groin muscle. Um, and as soon as, like, as soon as it happened, I saw him grab there. I was like, Oh, down with the groin. Call calling Jerry Sinclair to take care of him. Um, but a little massage. Like, it, you know, perhaps it was like a grade one, and there's there's always like any soft tissue injury in game. If you're not, if you don't get back to feeling like you can't 
re-aggravate it, you pretty much have to shut it down. But on a long rest, uh, you know, there's the potential he plays. Um, and and I wonder if uh, with how well Mariota played in his absence, that Derek Carr's got a little bit more motivation to get back in there this week. Um, I think everybody knows that John Gruden loved Mariota as a prospect coming out of mm-hmm. college. Um and so he's still, you know, Mariota's playing for a future. So he's, you know, I, if you if you watch him play, like the second he got a chance to take off for a run, he's like, bring on the contact. Like I want he it. I want it. He was he was moving. He was fired yeah. up. He was clinging. Um, you know, makes me a little bit nervous with I like Miami in that game this week. But I just, you know, I don't think I don't I don't think Mariota's got all that special of a talent. Uh, and that Raiders organization organization is a bit in disarray. But I think. Uh, you know, Carr has already practiced this week. There's a chance he plays this week. Um, I don't love the matchup. So I, you could almost argue that Mariota is a, a better quarterback matchup because of his ability to run the ball. Um, so you'll get those, you know, basically when you have a rushing quarterback, it's almost like they you're guaranteed like a, a, a touchdown in value. Like, like six points, uh, you know, four to six points feels like what you get on a given week as a floor for a quarterback that really – can scramble. Um, and I, I don't think Carr does and Mariota will look to regularly probably. Um, so the, you know, we'll you see know something that's crazy. What's that? People forget that Mariota beat the, the, one of the best teams in the playoffs. He beat the Kansas city chiefs when they were on a special run with Alex Smith. Oh yeah. I do remember Mari- that game. Mariota's, Kansas city too. Yeah. Yeah. And Mariota had Mike Malarkey as his head coach when he was a rookie. So well, and, you know that didn't do him any favors. And and wasn't it the was it the year after that where he had um he had a nerve injury in his throwing arm? Yeah, his throwing and, his, he had an ulnar nerve injury in his throwing arm. That is not yeah. something that you bounce back from very quickly. Um, you know, if you're an Oregon fan, you loved watching that game, Justin Herbert versus Mariota. That was a dream come true for Oregon fans. <laughs> that was awesome to watch. I loved it. I thought it was so cool because I watched Mariota play against Michigan State. I watched Justin Herbert play against Michigan State. They both were phenomenal. And, you know, I have to say, you know, the future's bright for Justin Herbert, but the future could be bright for Mariota if Derek Carr is replaced by Mariota because Mariota was serviceable. He or, was or what making if, uh, plays. What if Washington wants to kick the tires on a Mariota type or a, J- a Jameis Winston type, like a guy that probably okay, so you don't have the the draft capital to get a top tier rookie, um, but you're not going to trade for a Carson Wentz if he's even tradable. Uh, you know that's that's something, but it seems like you know you you have to be able to you have to have a lot of cap space on that one. I don't know. I think Washington might be in a cap friendly situation. Uh, I doubt that happens, but yeah, like. Like Winston is probably once out of New Orleans if he's not the guy that Taysom Hill is. Mariota, if they're you know if the Raiders go with Carr, then Mariota might have enough of a sample size if he plays this week to to get a shot somewhere like Washington. Um, I just so in my in my my 750 FFPC dynasty league, I did terrible with waivers this year. Um, you know Memphis and I do the the fabulous big bet recording every Wednesday night at 9:30, and those waivers run. At uh, they they close at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, so I, I missed them so many times here. But what's been nice is the last few weeks because I like I've been out of the playoffs in an, in a few leagues. Unfortunately, it's allowed me to focus on my my waivers in those leagues. So two weeks ago, I managed to get lit. Like I have I have the most fab by far, um, and you know the the next most was was very low. 
So I'm in. Like I knew I would get Lynn Bowden. I think uh, he's looked good, and I think the Dolphins will try and make him a piece of that offense going forward. So they, I think that's a good long-term add in running back. But I also I, I spent enough to guarantee that I got Marcus Mariota this week because if he like he can only end up in a better situation um, in the offseason. So yeah, uh, I know that's we all, we always okay. digress on this. Show. That's what's good. No, I like going on tangents because Mariota yeah. is a guy that, you know, I think that the the Washington football team would be a perfect fit for him to be a uh, one-year guy like Teddy Bridgewater was. You know, right. just just give him a year and see what happens. Uh, maybe draft a quarterback like Mac Jones in the second if he's available. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get get a, a guy you can develop. Um, and then, you know, there's another quarterback from Cincinnati uh, that looks really good. He's uh, His name's – I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I should know this because I'm a Debbie guy. But yeah. uh, Cincinnati uh, Bearcats have a really good quarterback, and uh, he he's a dual threat too. So if he could sit under Mariota, he would look pretty good. Um, yeah. it just love the coaching staff in Washington too. I, I feel like they I can develop. I mean, they, they made Cam Newton an MVP. They did, and now uh, Bill Belichick doesn't know how to use Cam Newton, but uh, Cam Newton also his arm's shot. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's going out. He looks like Ken Manning. Blue factory. Yeah, he's throwing ducks. Um, but uh, you know, let's go to our next name because we talked enough about Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr looks he looks like he's practicing, so most likely plays. Unfortunately for Mariota, but I think Mariota had enough of a sample size to get a uh, backup job at least next yeah. year. Agreed. Big name on our list, Julio Jones. I feel like he's always on our list. What's yeah, what's up, Julio? Julio. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's in. Uh, he might be in Kenny Galladay territory at this point. Mm-hmm. He didn't practice on Wednesday, did he? Practice Kenny Galladay's today? in his own territory, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not poor Kenny G. He's sitting out. He's. I don't think his hip is that hurt to where he couldn't come I, back. I don't think so either, because. I don't. I I still haven't heard what it is. Like it, I just keep hearing hip. Was it his hip flexor? It was. Uh, they didn't say because you know the Detroit Lions. They said that T.J. Hawkinson had a high ankle sprain and he had a broken leg. Yeah, that's crazy. So who knows? Yeah, Julio. So Julio didn't practice today. Um, Falcons are just playing for pride at this point. Uh, Russell Gage has been great. He's one of my DFS guys this week. You know. You know. I don't know. Look, the Chiefs aren't covering the last six weeks. Matt Ryan looked great in the first half last week against Tampa somehow. Um, again, digression here, but yeah, I, I, there's no reason for Atlanta to rush Julio back. It didn't practice at all today. Like, and, this did, they feels, play, did they play on Saturday this week? Um, Shit. Atlanta? Yeah, so, but this just feels like an audition for Calvin Ridley to be the guy. Like, Oh, my thinking. God. I love Calvin Ridley. Oh, don't we all? Don't we all love Calvin Ridley? He's he's a stud. I traded him to Jerry in Jerry's Listener League, and I regret it. But, you know, that's a little bit of a tangent there. But uh, I'm going to cover the next wide receiver as we talked about Julio Jones. Kiki Kuti, Romeo Cornell expects him to play. So mm-hmm. expect him to play and put up numbers again. Um, he had a little bit of a foot injury. Uh, he always seems to be banged up but Kiki Cootie should be playing. So let's go to the next stud, Dr. Kyle. Is Stefan Diggs playing this week? I think Diggs is a go. I agree with that. Let's let's keep it to that because he, – he, you know, He's already practiced in full this yeah. week, and they play Monday. Um, and I remember them talking on Saturday, so really long rest. Um, 
that it, that it didn't seem serious. So I think Diggs is a go. You can probably fire him up. I you, like you just fire up Diggs. That's he's the, so good. That's the respect he gets at this point. You know, I traded him to you for nothing. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, I. <laughs> Let's talk about that one for a sec. Let's do it. You know, so that was uh, I have Michael Gallup. I was high on Gallup. I was um, so high on Michael Gallup because Dan really? so high on the Cowboys offense this year. Yeah, I mean, if it so at this point it was uh, you know I didn't think Josh Allen was going to take the step forward that he did. Which it's interesting. Like Kirk Cousins didn't make Stefan Diggs what he's been, but he somehow managed to make Justin Jefferson what he's been. So there, I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, other than maybe Diggs was just fed up with how being less than what he could be, and so I mean it's one of those that you just need a change of scenery for for everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean Stefan Diggs and Michael Gallup. You know, so what side would you put the second round future pick on to even up Stefan Diggs and Kenny or uh, Michael Gallup? Because I don't even think a Michael Gallup plus what gets you Stefan Diggs. It would Probably two firsts at first, this point, right? It would have to be a first and a, a high second. But, okay, um, a first and a high second. And uh, I got the big side with the let's, second, baby. Let's just say it, it was my worst trade of the year by far. Um, and, you know, I learned from that. So I, I've i learned to trust my eyes instead of my heart. And uh, I thought Michael Gallup was going to be a stud. I thought Michael Gallup was the next thing. I, w- I scouted Michael Gallup forever. I took yeah. so much time to scout him when he was coming out of Colorado State because I really liked him. I told Jerry he was my favorite wide receiver from that class. I backed it up with that trade that with Stephon Diggs uh, for my for Stephon Diggs in a second for Michael Gallup. You know that was a terrible trade, but uh, we learned from it. We we evolve as dynasty players from it. My team doesn't look that bad in that league anymore. I know you're not in the league. I know you gave the team up to uh, Baylor, but. Uh, you know, I still, I can still, I'm looking at good. it right now. I still have access. He's got, you know, I'm, I, you know, Baylor. I know Jalen Hurts, talked, Joe Burrow, and uh, Tua. We've talked. We, Baylor and I were actually talking last night because the other, uh, the other team I handed him uh, is in the championship, the Listener League. But um, oh yeah, quarterbacks are rough in this league. Huh. Got some work to do there, Baylor. Gonna have to invest. Daniel Jones, Minshew, Dalton, Cam Newton. I know I had somebody better in there. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, no. But the, the, the A.J. Brown trade for Debo Samuel trade, that one sting. So at least it was made up for with that Stephon Hardwick's trade. Definitely. You know, everyone has their ups and downs in trades. So he's got a 21 first and two twenty-two first. I know because I traded you Swift and I got a couple first for that. Oh, I moved Swift. Uh, I moved Swift in that league for whatever reason. I regret it. I did it to get my first back because I thought I was going to have the 101, and then I went on a run, traded that pick for Joe Burrow. So I, I really just traded Swift for Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow was popping off. So I thought it was a pretty good trade. Uh, Joe Burrow right now Swift for Burrow is probably pretty fair. Yeah, I mean, we didn't take Joe Burrow in our in our dynasty war zone uh, mock draft in the in the 15 pick mock draft that we did. You can check that out uh, on our he's podcast. Probably the next quarterback off the board in that draft. If you he think probably about it. is, I would take Joe Burrow over to us still. Um, oh yeah. You know, so let's go on to the next player because we still have quite a lengthy list. Is, oh, is Keenan Allen going to be playing? We'll, we'll, we'll go through these rapid fire. Yes. Uh, Keenan Allen is, I think it looks like he's going to be a game time decision. Mm-hmm. Um, he was limited last game. Uh, I don't know if he practiced today. So he keep has an eye on reports tomorrow. Been reported. So, yeah. Four o'clock game. Have a backup plan. I, you got to have like Guyton or Johnson as a, 
a last second or somebody else in the four o'clock. Come here, Obi. They've been good enough. Um, who's next on the list? This is my dog, by the way. Dogs of Dynasty, Obi. This is my boy. He will be playing this Sunday. He sees himself. Yes, he, he will be playing. Healthy. He's he is very healthy. He has two ACL. He has four ACLs actually. So I'll tell you that. Um, so you know he could spare some to Saquon if he needed one. But uh, uh, let's go into the next player as we are going rapid fire. John Brown. John Brown of the Bills. They don't need him. Is he playing? Who cares? Irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Tyler Boyd. Concussion. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you the story, but Tyler Boyd is. I, and I don't blame Tyler Boyd. I mostly blame myself. I the, there was and there was a number of things that went wrong in my match this week where I lost by two points. And then I had t- Tyler Boyd. I needed two points from Tyler Boyd on sun, uh, Monday night. Didn't get him. But concussion protocol won't know until Saturday if they're so playing. So he's, he's game time. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, just just keep an eye. Please keep an eye. Do not start him if he's not playing. You're you're in a championship game probably if you're – Look at what they've done with Mixon. If I'm leaning okay. on this one, I'm leaning he's not playing. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you. Uh, the next one is Cam Akers, the, uh, the two-game superstar that everyone put as the RB1, even though Malcolm Brown had more fantasy points in the week one game. So uh, let's just talk about this one really quickly. Is He's out. Uh, he's Dar- already Dar- ruled out. Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown are going to be taking his place. I'd expect Malcolm Brown to be the big name there. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want either running back in that game right now. Seattle's defense has been better. They've slowed down the pace of their games the last four or five games. Um, and the uh, the the Rams' offensive line isn't looking great. Jared Goff. I mean, we can't we can't make all these decisions based off of how they looked against the Jets. That was definitely. A I just spot. want to say the Rams. Um, like I said after our, our mock draft, I'll keep this short. The Rams have not lost to a team that Frank Gore has not played on. Has Frank Gore played for the Seahawks? No. Not yet. So, you know, I think the Rams are going to have to steamroll the Seahawks because the statistics say it, man. So uh, we'll, we'll see a lot of running game, I think, from them because the Seahawks haven't allowed a touchdown pass from a wide receiver uh, in quite some time now. So it's going to be a running game, I think. And uh, Darrell Henderson has upside. I traded Darrell Henderson for two 2022 firsts in a Debbie league. Uh, that was a huge trade for me. I don't know how I got that, uh, but I'll take it. And uh, you know, exactly, it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas miracle that I was able to trade Darrell Henderson for that. But uh, yeah, so I hope you guys have a Christmas miracle and win your championship lineups. Uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, you want to leave them with some parting words, Kyle? Uh, I, hey, if we in some way manage to help you guys uh, choose a start sit that. That gets you the chip. Um, tweet at us. Let us know. You know, give give us a review. Subscribe on YouTube if you, the the YouTube subscription is nice because then you'll you'll get the alerts exactly when Maddie and I are going live. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at dwz underscore doctor pt. Uh, Maddie's handle is what? Uh, I said, please do follow Doctor Kyle because he's a funny file follow. He tweets uh, uh, actual sports stuff too. Memphis and I this way talk about. We are here. Yes, we're going to try and give you the best information we can, but we want to entertain you. And my Twitter, if if you catch me uh, tweeting in game when I'm literally just watching football and on my phone, you probably won't get better content uh, from anybody oh, yeah. else. No, I lo- I love those tweets. I always favorite them. Keep tagging me in them, please, because I <laughs> don't always check my Twitter. So. Uh, just keep tagging me. I love your tweets, man. So keep it up. Uh, and from the, from the uh, MRI report, this is our last MRI report. So I hope you guys all have a good new year, and we'll see you next year with the MRI. So with that, we're going to be signing off. So later. 
Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. thousand dollars for cool G as we call it back home. Are you at liberty to play for that, Stanley? Would you prefer to play for smiles?